Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers 4DC. Welcome to The Echo Chamber. This is Arun Sudhaman from The Homes Report, and I'm joined here in Cannes by Guillaume Herbet, who is the CEO of MSL Group. Guillaume, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you. How are you enjoying Cannes? Um... It's my second time in Cannes and my first time as the CEO of MSR Group. Um, I am enjoying it. I've been here for five days, uh, went to many presentations, uh, met with many clients as well. And I have to say that um, it's uh, very, very exciting. Uh, great atmosphere here in Cannes. The heat is killing me, to be perfectly frank. <laughs> and. Um, but other than that, um, a bit disappointed by the results of uh, the PR uh, Grand Prix and the PR Alliance as well. I think uh, all the PR companies have been a bit disappointed by the results. Um, the good news is that I would say lots of creativity is coming from parts of the world, which I would not have expected. I mean, lots coming from Thailand, for instance, and South America. I think it's very refreshing um, not to have those huge creative campaigns coming from the UK or from the US. So it's it's great to see uh, uh, things like this. Um, a lot's going on, and I, I I look forward to going back home. To be perfectly frank, it's been um, I'm a bit tired. It's been those have been long days, but it's good. It's mm. all good. Very proud of the team here. Done a very good job. Mm. It's productive as well, I guess here, but it's um, it is hard work. This is today is Thursday, so yeah, getting towards the end of the week. Um, let's talk a little bit about MSL Group. Obviously, you've been in the job now for is it a year yet? No, it's uh, nine months. Gosh, only mm-hmm. nine months. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot. A lot has happened, right? You came in, um, and then there was a big restructuring at Publicis Group, um, and obviously, MSL Group is now part of. Uh, publicist communications um, how, how has that progressed so far uh, in terms of how MSL group fits into that kind of ecosystem so let me step back um, let me just step back about when I joined um, and when I joined basically um, the top priorities that I had and the strategy we put together and the vision we had and was clearly to become the most complete and the most integrated uh, communication agency in the world. Um, we've done a lot to get there. We are not there yet, but we've done a lot to get there. The reorganization um, and the fact that we are now part of Publicis communication has helped us a lot uh, to work more closely uh, with companies like uh, Sachi, uh, Leo Burnett, Publicis Worldwide, but also production companies like uh, prodigious. So I would say um, we, Maurice Levy announced this uh, reorganization in December, uh, took effect and the execution started in, uh, in January. It's been five months now. Mm. I am 150% satisfied about the opportunities that we have had in terms of integration. Mm. Um, we've won some major pieces of business because of this or thanks thanks to this integration we've come and 
the diversity in terms of social and digital work, in terms of uh, traditional PR, corporate crisis work, I would say it's coming from everywhere. I could talk about that for hours, actually, because we are currently having more than 80 integration opportunities just in Asia. Mm. And um, I would say at least... Uh, Half of it is coming either from Saatchi, Burnett, and uh, and Prodigy, and um, and Publicis worldwide. And I see that you know as a great change compared to what we had even six months ago. Um, so obviously, this integration is working really well in Asia, extremely well in Europe, mm. and in France, it's in um, in the US. It's been a bit delayed because of some internal reorganization that we can talk about if you want. Mm-hmm. But we needed to reorganize the. Uh, U.S. market first to make sure we had the right organization mm. to face the the challenges and the opportunities resulting from the uh, integration. Mm. Uh, you mentioned there's been some some big pieces of business that you've won. Is, are there any that you can you can disclose? Yeah, I can. Uh, I can tell you with one, for instance. Um, so the first one is. We, PNG is definitely the, the biggest win mm. um, and we cannot talk too much about that. And the mm. only thing I can say is thanks to Publicis Worldwide and, and Burnett and Sachi as well and the full integration with those companies, we managed to turn around the situation and mm. I would say it's been, um, it's been a great win. Very happy to uh, develop the business more and more every day. And mm. um, I would add a few others. Uh, EMD Serono uh, with Digitas in the US, uh, Nestle Waters with Publicis Worldwide across the world as an agency of record on the corporate side, mm. uh, BNP Paribas with Leo Burnett in China, uh, Toyota in Italy, um, Continental Tire in Japan, mm-hmm. SK2 across Asia, Citibank, we start having opportunities uh, with Publicis Worldwide. And uh, I can give you another one, United Healthcare with uh, Leo Burnett in the US. Mm. So there is a very, very big list. It's working incredibly well. And I believe it's gonna, we're going to have an acceleration mm-hmm. of the big wins. Mm. So it's working extremely well in Asia, in Europe as well. US, we are a bit behind. We're going to get there. Mm. And when you talk about integration, what role does MSL Group end up playing within these accounts? Is it, is it first of all, is it similar role on different accounts? No. Or does it de- depend on the business? No, it could be employee engagement and internal mm. communication. It could be social, uh, a social role. It could be um, corporate branding or writing the, uh, the vision for a company. Or, uh, and that would come on top of uh, a media a media uh, project. Um, it could be as well um, some traditional PR work on healthcare or on technology clients. I would say that the role can change. I mean, as you can imagine, if we work with Digitas or if we work with Sapient, our role is going to be very different. But, you know, for me, it's great because it creates opportunity for us, for the mm-hmm. staff. It's uh, brand new. It's a revolution for us. Mm. And bearing that in mind, are there any specific capabilities that you're focused on that you think are the things that MSL Group needs to be doing in order to play in this integrated offer? It's it's a very, very good question. Um, and it, it all comes to 
what we big PR networks or what the PR industry is going to look like in the next two to three years. You know, I keep using this expression. Uh, it's called PIMS, and it's uh, it's uh, precise influence and marketing at scale. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is the future of our industry. So if you look at what we need to get there, I think in terms of traditional PR and I would say consumer marketing work, I think we are there. What we need to do is to strengthen our research and analytics capabilities. Mm -hmm. And what to me is a game changer um, is to be able to develop all the capabilities around measurement. Mm -hmm. Measurement is basically what our clients have been looking for for years and years and years a way to better measure the the performance and the results of the uh, PR campaigns. And um, we are looking at doing some uh, partnerships inside Mm -hmm. uh, Publicis Communication and inside Publicis Media in particular uh, to get um, the research, the tools, to have access to research tool data that would allow us to better target the audience but also have access to a better measurement system. Mm. Once we will be able to do that and maybe have access to shopper experience as well, once we'll be able to do that, we will be the most complete and the most integrated company in the world. And I I very much look forward to that. It's going to take some time. Mm. Um, But we are working really hard to get there. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some people that would say, having looked at, efforts to integrate or create an integrated offering within holding groups over the last say 20-30 years Mm -hmm. it often ends up with the public relations agency playing a more tactical role a more commoditized role some you know you may even say a subservient role Um, how do you ensure that doesn't happen I think I think it all comes to what the client needs and I think if you look at the market in general, and this thing is not coming from me, but you, you can see that we are moving away from the traditional mass advertising market to a market which is all around influence and where I think um, all the PR agencies are going to play a bigger and bigger role. And I can see that you know, on the current uh, opportunities that we have. Um, we are pitching really some very big opportunities today on USA, on, uh, on Red Lobster as well in the US. And PR is at the center of everything. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's all around influence and the way we can influence the right, t- the, the right, uh, both the right influencers, but also the right target audience. So PR in general and the job that we do on a daily basis is going to become more and more important. Mm. And because I would say influencers and target, the target audience is the way we communicate with those people has changed tremendously in the last two to three years. The role of PR is going to become more and more important. Mm. Definitely. Okay. If we talk a little bit about the structure of MSL Group now, mm-hmm. do it, so in each country, does it report into Publicis Communications? So, Publicis Communication is concentrating on 20 countries, mm. and for the other countries, it's Publicis One. Mm. So, the way it works is if you take a country like the UK, for instance, where we have uh, companies like 
MSR Group, Salter Baxter, CNC. So what, what's going on there? They basically for financial reporting, uh, they are part of Publicis Communication in the UK. And as a result of that, the heads of um, those companies, the MSL companies, report into what we call the country leadership team. Mm -hmm. And the team leader, in this case, it's Robert Senior, who is the head, uh, the global CEO of Saatchi. Mm. And they have another a re uh, a reporting line into me on the brand side. Mm. Okay. So it's a double reporting line, vertical and horizontal. Right. Vertical for the one PNL approach, which is a revolution to me and horizontal when it comes to decision-making around hires, strategy, and brand. Right. And does that also, that presumably that also holds for the regional leadership as well? So MSL Group Asia Pacific, for example. Yeah, so um, Glenn reports into me, and mm. for instance, the people in China, the people in India report into him and to um, Loris mm. Nold, who is the head of um, the CLT in those countries. Right. Okay, and when we talked a few months ago, you were you were still fairly new into the role. But I, I recall you said your top two priorities in terms of of reorganizing um, were the U.S. and the U.K. Mm -hmm. And how how has progress been in those two markets? Um, I would say the idea was um, to hire. Um, a certain number of consultants in the U.S. to better respond to the need that we had and to basically use the existing structure and strengthen it by hiring people specialized in certain areas that we needed to invest in because the opportunities were there and because of the integration as well. So what does that mean in the US? As you know, Ron is now in charge of the US. Uh, we appointed a new head of San Francisco, a new head of Boston, a new head of uh, Chicago. Uh, we completely reorganized the new business uh, structure uh, by appointing a new head of new business, um, but also by putting behind this structure planners and uh, graphic designers. And I think we needed to do that because I really think the team we had before um, was good, but it was not strong enough. Mm. So my priority number one was clearly to invest in North America. We hired more than 60 people, uh, including um, 25 SVPs and above. It's a very heavy investment. Mm. And um, and I think it's worth it. And you can see that in terms of new business wins that we've had. Mm. It's been a bit slow. Um, we still have some challenges, but we are getting there. Mm. Things are working really well in, uh, you were talking about the UK. Mm. Uh, so the idea was to to simplify the structure we had across Europe um, and make sure that France was going to be part of uh, that region. It was not before. Don't ask me why. I didn't. I don't know. I think France is part of EMEA anyway. So we had to sort that out, and it's done now. And the idea was to strengthen the team in the UK and change the structure at the European level. Mm -hmm. So we still need to invest. We are looking for a few people in the UK, uh, new business new business people um, in the UK, in France as well. Uh, we just announced uh, a new structure in Paris, mm. yeah, a reorganization around uh, a new director general called Nicolas Ruskowski. Mm -hmm. It was announced on Monday, very excited about that. 
and um, we are sitting all together in Paris um, in two weeks to discuss about uh, the strategy going forward. We, are, we have an amazing team in Paris. It's called uh, Publicis Consultant. Mm. We've got about 200 people. It's the biggest PR agency in Paris. And um, we, need to, we need to change a little bit the strategy there mm. and uh, push the people we have and motivate uh, the team to go where we need to go. Having Publicis Worldwide and Publicis Group based in Paris is an amazing opportunity. And part of my strategy is to recreate a hub in Paris, with support from London, obviously, uh, to develop the new business in, uh, in Europe. Mm. Okay, and before we completely melt out here, one last question for you. How do some of the other agencies within the MSL Group Network um, progress within this, uh, this new integrated offering? So, for example, the more corporate-focused firms like CNC and Kex, do they, do they retain the same status or, or will they be... Differently treated. Actually, uh, CNC and Kex, it's a good question. CNC and Kex are treated in a different way. Mm. Uh, from uh, a reporting point of view, they report into me mm. and they don't report into the structure, the existing structure. Um, so we are looking at opportunities to create um, common services. We are not creating one network. I just want to be clear on this thing. We are looking at options, uh, particularly in London, to come up with uh, some branded services and some branded products as well, mm -hmm. and maybe some uh, common people, some common um, uh, services as well. Uh, no rebranding exercise, um, no network creation. We are just looking at options. We are very open. There is a fantastic opportunity to create, a, not a network, but I would say, a service or a quality of service that would be consistent when it comes to you know IPOs, financial communications, and even crisis communications, um, and to have the same level of services with companies like Kext and CNCs across Japan, because uh, CNC is based in uh, Germany, in the UK, in middle in the Middle East, in uh, in Asia as well, and Kext, as you know, is extremely strong uh, on the East Coast, and mm. they are looking at uh, options on the West Coast. Mm. So the idea is to be able to respond at a very, very high level mm -hmm. to client needs in the financial industry and on crisis as well. Mm. Will they collaborate more? Yes, they collaborate. They already collaborate a lot. Mm. They have many projects together. Um, Bernard Mason and Jeremy from, from CNC and uh, Jeremy Fielding from uh, Kext. I mean, they meet on a monthly basis and I meet with them and we talk about opportunities, we talk about challenges because those are very strong brands, as you can imagine. And uh, we are looking at a vision and a strategy for those companies and it takes some time, but we will get there. Okay. Well, Guillaume, thank you for joining us. A real um, pleasure to be I'll here I'll let you today. find some air conditioning. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on the Echo Chamber soon. Have a, a safe travelling back to Paris. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Echo Chamber. This is Arun Sudhaman from the Homes Report. I'm joined today in New Delhi by Amit Prabhu, who is the founder of the Promise Foundation. Amit, welcome to the Echo Chamber. Thanks, Arun. It's a delight to be here. And I'm glad to know that I'm the first person... Uh, from India to be on the podcast with uh, the Homes Report. Apart from me, that is. 
Um, so, Ahmed, let's have a chat about uh, India's PR industry, some of the things we're seeing in this country. But first of all, tell us about your work. We know, of course, that you worked for Edelman earlier in, in your career, but since you've returned to India, uh, you've been uh, doing some different things. Yes, I spent about 10 years in public relations, mainly in India, and the last couple of those 10 years in the US with Edelman in Chicago. Uh, I returned to India to kind of help the ecosystem of PR in India, which I felt had a real need of some push in three or four ways. So I came back to establish a kind of online and offline gathering of PR professionals where we have an annual gathering of about 400 people every year now called Praxis. With that, we realized that there was a need for a print magazine, at least for the time being, in a quarterly format. And we began working a few months ago on bringing India's first print magazine for public relations uh, and corporate communicators here in India. Alongside that, I've been lucky to... I've got the support of the industry here to create India's first independent school for public relations and communications. Mm -hmm. It has a long way to go, but we've made a start in the last 12 to 16 months where we offer existing PR professionals training both at our school in Gurgaon and in their offices, wherever they may be. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping in the next few months to launch our flagship full-time one-year program for young graduates who want to enter the profession as well. Mm -hmm. So we're offering uh, an event annually. We offer education and in some ways, we offer content in the form of a print magazine. Mm. It's interesting because um, public relations is not necessarily, by this point, uh, the industry is not that new, I guess, in uh, in India. It's been around for, for about 25 you know, years 25 now. years. Yeah. But you felt that that kind of infrastructure was lacking? It was lacking, yes, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I think the public relations industry in India is comparatively smaller, has been smaller than the emerging markets elsewhere in the world. So there was nobody who would bell this cat. Uh, and I think uh, in other markets, there are people they hire, the people, uh, associations invest in to do these kind of things. That hadn't happened here. And I think the time had come uh, and there was no stopping it. So that's how two and a half or three years ago, while I was still in Chicago, I put together a bunch of friends and volunteers from various PR firms to kind of create this first uh, gathering of PR professionals to which you came to Bondichery as well, Arun. So, mm, I did, yes. How can I forget? It was great. I mean, I think you've gone on from strength to strength since then, though. Yeah, we have. And I think thanks to the support of uh, of the veterans in the PR business who also felt there was a need for something like that. Mm. And when they found somebody was doing it, they uh, went all out of their way to support it and make it work for everybody. Mm. So I'm kind of interested in your observations uh, as a as a reasonably neutral observer of the Indian PR industry. Um, I've been covering it now for, you know, almost coming up to 15 years. And it seems to me that whilst growth is, is, is fine and we've seen a lot of international firms come in, uh, I just wonder about the evolution of the industry. It still seems quite focused uh, on, on the metropolitan, uh, maybe you could even, you could even say the elites, uh, in the cities, especially in Delhi. Uh, and I'm also interested in your views on, on how public relations businesses and, and their clients are getting to grips with some of the changes in the practice, whether that's in terms of digital media or in terms of data, in terms of content. So the good thing in India is almost all the 10 or 12 top firms in the world, or maybe up to 20 top firms in the world as per the Homes Report listing, are in India in some way or the other. Most of them have come here through acquisitions. Some of them have come here on their own in the last five to six years and longer. But what has not happened is the way PR professionals in India work has drastically not changed. A couple of firms have tried experimenting, bringing in people from the uh, 
other disciplines like advertising and media buying and planning as well mm. but that hasn't happened across the board and i think that change needs to happen i think mm. a few firms in the us and uk have experimented by creating new practices new platforms to integrate the marketing marketing communications offering to clients mm. and that's not still being felt in india unless they're working in 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 a very secretive manner and it's happening but nobody knows of it and we see that in the awards every year mm. the entries that come in are great the work that happens is great but the same kind of campaigns that keep happening we don't see mm. too many unique campaigns that even make the cut to go to a to a shortlist at the at the can that mm. uh, just happened a couple of days ago mm. so i think that needs to change and for that needs to change the entire ecosystem needs to think differently so there's it's a vicious cycle so clients are mostly people who work in pr in the last 5 to 10 years they saw small retainers and they feel as clients they shouldn't change the retainers being paid because retainers are largely small maybe two or three firms get big retainers but most of the other firms don't get these big retainers people are not able to invest in higher smarter people the high, the higher mediocre people who come for a for a slightly lower price than they would get better people to work with therefore great work doesn't keep happening on a consistent and constant basis there are splits and bursts of great work that happens and therefore i think the pr business in india is somewhere lagging behind or suffering or stagnating and i think a lot of change will happen in the next 3 to 4 years but that's a long way i mean we need to see change happening in the next 10 to 12 months which i don't think would happen and maybe mm-hmm. there are variety of reasons for that as well well 3 to 4 years is good i think given given the last you know decade it seems to me um you know we, we obviously we see the work from india every year at our saber awards and what has struck us is how good a lot of the work is coming from outside delhi and mumbai i mean we've seen great work from firms based in kerala uh, in, in bangalore in in bihar i mean is there a pattern there do you think uh, yes and no both i think in smaller cities smaller firms are more hungry to do better work and want to want to shine i know they can't play the numbers game they can't be a factory like the bigger firms so the only way they can make a mark is by, by being creative superhouses the bigger firms somewhere feel that they have the connections they have the businesses and they don't need to worry and those businesses won't go anywhere else i think it's a matter of time and a lot of younger people in their 20s and 30s were emerging to create their own firms with a two or three city offices with at least 10 to 12 people and these are uh, more than a dozen that have come up in the last two years and we see them so i think when these firms reach the fifth or sixth year of their existence and they are all in the second and third years now a lot of change will happen there'll be consolidation at one level but a lot of interesting and creative work will also be seen in the in in the indian marketplace going beyond the metros to smaller towns in india that's interesting because the other thing i wanted to ask you about is about new firms i mean i remember there was a obviously 25 years ago you had the first generation of firms genesis uh, perfect uh, hanmer so on and then around maybe 10 to 15 years ago you had uh, the next wave of firms came through and since then i don't maybe it's just me but i haven't really seen that next generation really coming through right i think between in the in the first decade of 2000 to 2010 the entrepreneurial spirit among pr professionals died down somewhere i think people lost interest in creating new pr firms so we did not see too many new pr firms emerge between 2000 and 2010 maybe a couple of them at the most but with with the new vigor in the economy or at least the perception of a new vigor in the economy there have been about 4500 startups that have emerged in the last 3 years in this country mm. 4500 that's a figure i'm quoting from a event i went to this morning with amitabh kant the the man behind the entire startup india movement with the prime minister shared this figure this morning and i think at least 50% of the startups are in the three metros of delhi bombay bangalore and most of them will need a pr firm or a pr team that they'll hire in the days to come with that happening there's enough 
business for the existing firms and for new firms to emerge to service these startups because a lot of startups are emerging in the same same area so within within fintech there are mobile wallets that are emerging and they they won't be able to work at this at some level with the same firm they want to work where there is no conflict and i think there's scope for new firms to service these kind of new clients emerging in the 8 or 10 areas of ventures that have been mushrooming the last couple of years in this country so are you seeing new new public relations firms i mean you you you're much more connected with the especially the younger community here are you seeing that new firms coming through yeah i think in less than the last 9 to 10 years uh, there have been a few firms that have emerged but in the last 3 years like i mentioned earlier at least a dozen prominent firms have emerged and they're doing pretty well when i say pretty well they at least have two offices in this country they're not just a single office uh, firm they have two offices minimum some have three or four and they have at least double digits of people they have 10 and more people which is not a small thing in the pr world to start a firm and in 2 to 3 years have two offices and have uh, 10 to 12 people as a minimum mm-hmm. so that's happening uh, there are uh, dime doesn't we can name but some of the firms that have emerged and are doing well are like value 360 mm-hmm. ami consulting there's media mantra there is ideosphere in bombay there's nucleus in bangalore this md niche consulting you just mentioned based out of cochin So I think these firms are going to make a difference in the next couple of years in both ways they're going to either get acquired by existing indian firms or by global firms or they're going to do some great work cutting edge work which will win them awards and get the indian pr scene more global recognition than we already had so far. And how about the uh, the profile of the industry? I mean it does seem to me that you have the same people um at the top of the industry. uh that you had when i started covering the industry uh 15 years ago that's right i think uh it will be a matter of time when some of the founders who are still in their firms will move out and make way for younger leaders to emerge i think in india when founders spot smart talent that they feel are successors that smart talent either moves on to another firm or the smart talent likes to go in house and work in corporate communications and that's how founders have not been able to groom the right talent to be success successors without naming any there have been three or four success stories there where founders found their replacements and then moved on mm. and a recent example of that is hammer mm. of sunil and jaydeep moved on after selling out to publicis group to let amit mishra and chetan marjan run the firm for them in india i think that will happen uh, more in the next 2 3 years as more founders reach the uh, upper side of 60 uh, and and then make way for younger people in their 40s and 50s to run the firm for them mm. so that's again a matter of 2 or 3 years and we'll see that happen i hope mm. I hope so too. Not that I'm I'm hoping for anyone to actually leave right. the industry. I I, I love I love you all, but I feel that, yeah. you know, I think that it changes is always good. Um so let's move let's switch gears a little bit. I know you're a keen follower of politics like uh, many people are in this country. Uh curious to hear your thoughts on the Modi government. How many years in are two we now? 2 months. years. Gosh, it feels like much longer. Yeah. Time really flies when you're having fun. I guess uh how do you feel about the Modi government's communications its public relations positioning do you think it's doing a good job in that in those respects so it's been 2 years with the Modi government and like i just said earlier i think it's the it's the government across the world which gets public relations and events like nobody else does mm-hmm. if the Modi government were to enter the sabers they would win all the platinums all the golds and diamonds that they were because they have created campaigns in the last 20 months that nobody else had thought of all these 20 30 40 years they have a campaign for every possible project that he has thought of from skill india to digital india to transforming india to startup india name it and they have it how these projects get executed they are very most of them are in a campaign and planning stage the proof of the pudding is in the eating 
So how well they executed in the next 30 35 months before the elections for 2019 take place is what we have to wait and see. Uh, and that will make all the difference for this government to get a second term in 2019. So isn't the time for rhetoric over now? Should shouldn't there be shouldn't we be seeing results by this point? Isn't there a risk this is just spin? Yeah, yes and no. I think some of the campaigns are very very ambitious and you only see results of those towards the fourth and fifth year of this government. But yes, there have been some campaigns for which results should have been seen by now. In 2014 October he launched the Swachh Bharat or the Clean India campaign. But India is as filthy as it was 20 22 months ago. No, having said that there are places which they have taken pains to clean up like the railway stations and some of the airports have been modernized. But the general public places are still messy and I think uh, it also requires the will of the people to contribute to the campaign. Mm. And that will happen over a period of time and I think in the next 25 to 30 months we'll see that change happen. Mm. But yes, uh, a large amount of change hasn't been seen but at least the mindsets are being Uh, changed in some way or the other right now. I mean, we've heard a lot about Modi's uh, mastery of digital media. He obviously has some very good people working for him. It seems on the communication side. Um, what about Congress? How are they doing? Yeah, so the Congress has always been the grand old party, and they feel anything they do that the BJP has already done makes them feel like a runner-up. So, had they been on Twitter or Facebook before Modi got onto it, they would have. gone uh, to the world with it but just because their opponent got it first they didn't want to look like a me too so it took their vice president and the the man in waiting to be the next president two years to get onto twitter after the elections happened last year and that that's quite a while yeah he he just refused to be on twitter because he felt oh i don't want to do what the others are doing mm-hmm. and not realizing that he was missing out on so much that was going on in the digital world as well so the, the congress has a long way to go uh, they they are uh, uh, old fashion old school party to a large extent and the same they are going through the same issue that the pr business in india is going through they still have a lot of founders old timers who are not making way for the younger people and i think when that happens and the younger people take charge at grassroots they'll see that change coming in in more ways than one and in the news recently we saw that perfect relations which is of course well known for its work with congress has now started working for the aap the aam aadmi party which i think translates to the ordinary person's party they were hailed as a kind of disruptive force in indian politics when they emerged on an anti corruption platform a few years ago uh, they run the delhi government although i'm not sure if they've been as successful as maybe people expected them to be what do you make of this development though that perfect is 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 working for them on public relations right i think i've been hearing that the aam aadmi party opened their pitch for the delhi government many months ago and a few firms pitched for that business uh, and there were two things there i think uh, if there was one man or one one entity which had the best experience in managing a political party and a government uh, you have to give to dilip cherian for sure mm-hmm. and with congress being out of power in most indian states and at the center uh, this was a new business opportunity that one couldn't refuse and i think mr dilip cherian has shown his soft corner toward mr arvind kejriwal for the last couple of years because i think he supports his ideology he supports his thought and when he won this business i think there was no way he would say no to it because you need to be in business by accepting new mandates that you can relate to mm. and that's how this has come their way looks like and and i mean let's see the magic that the campaign the the the, the king of election campaigns mr dilip shirin can drive for aam aadmi party not just in delhi and maybe there'll be some rub off in in other states that aam aadmi party wants to venture into including gujarat and punjab in the next year or so mm. Well yes it'll definitely be interesting to watch. Um 
So Amit, thanks so much for joining us here. We're actually in uh, in an airport hotel. It's not the most glamorous of surroundings, but thank you very much. And I'm, we will look forward to having you back on this show sometime soon, uh, if not at Praxis, hopefully in Miami. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, Arun. Have a great time in India. The jury meet for the Sabres tomorrow. And hope to see you in a few weeks from now at the Sabre Awards evening. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Marketeers 4DC for producing today's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. 